0: Welcome everyone to the In Focus podcast, where we talk with business leaders, thinkers, and innovators about data, how to simplify, unpack, and make people feel good about data. We also squeeze in some new perspectives, inspiration, and ideas about business life. This podcast is created by the team at Focus Data Analytics, with the aim of introducing you to people we've met who all have something to say. We hope you enjoy these stories from the Focus community. Welcome to the In Focus podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Stephen Clark from ProFast. Stephen is head of sales at ProFast, a supplier of fasteners and fixings. Welcome, Stephen.
1: Thank you, April. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> Very good to see you on this uh, sunny day, actually. Um, so, how, how are things over in Belfast?
1: Things things are good. Um, as we were saying, it's I think now we're getting into the last spell of the run up now until the the Christmas uh, hype, and obviously it's November already. So the year has been a funny year, uh, an exciting year, and yeah, it's things are things are starting to uh, pick up pace again, which is good.
0: Fantastic. Um, I've got a few questions I'm going to uh, post to you today to try and get some interesting responses from you. Uh, hopefully, nothing too too challenging. Um, I'm going to start off with a nice one, a bit of praise. So um, <laughs> I I really do love your, your LinkedIn explainer. It's something different, really stands out. It says connecting the future one nut and bolt at a time. So can you elaborate on that for our listeners to explain your role and company?
1: So my role, I suppose, is head and sales for Ireland uh, and I suppose a distribution of fasteners and fixings. The company is called Profast Group. Um, we're established now around 40 to 50 years, um, and suppose over the, the island of Ireland, we would, we would provide various solutions to the construction, engineering, OEM, and multiple different industries um, in terms of a nut and bolt. So I guess the abbreviate on connecting the future one nut and bolt at a time, it really is. Um, we work on a lot of the futuristic uh, projects that you may see across the island. And we, we take with great passion being involved with this uh, because a building wouldn't be a building without the components. Um, we take great pride in being able to uh, specify the, the best solution for the job. Um, so you could be working on anything from the latest data center that powers the likes of today's call to um, a food factory that may be producing the food that's put on our tables, to even the latest hotels and schools that we all would utilize um as family and as individuals ourselves so um yeah it's it's generally one piece of the time we're there
0: fantastic now not all uh head of sales are created equal so uh, can you tell us about your engineering background um and how that sets you up well for giving technical sales advice
1: yeah that's an interesting one um I suppose I, I started off life as an engineer um very much speaking the engineering language and I suppose it's like some of the greatest leaders I've always learned throughout my career so far is solving problems. I think we do this generally as leaders in our own family homes and also in business. Um, And the ability to solve a problem is generally where the engineering aspect comes out uh, uh, with a great help. Um, Being able to solve something technically as well always helps to have the understanding of how the problem has been created in the first place. But also then the provide certainty whenever you provide a solution that it's going to do the best job that we think it will do. Um, having the, the engineering background, I guess, as well, it adds a bit of passion to making sure that we give the right solution um, and always being creative in your innovative response. Um, so yeah, it's definitely helped. In the game that we're in, we speak a lot from construction site managers to engineers to purchasing to absolutely everybody. Um, and yeah, you have to be able to speak multiple languages um, or multiple different backgrounds. So definitely helps.
0: Okay. And as you've just touched on there, um, you've got experience working in many different markets, um, from locally in Ireland to uh, the US and the Middle East. What does that taught you about the people and their behavior that any interesting pullouts?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, one of the things I've always learned. Uh, doing my masters in in international business but also in business leadership in general there's different strokes for different folks Um, and basically the the simple version of that is that everybody's got their own way of understanding and learning and cultural especially working across the world you experience a different accents um communication is very important especially in any type of business that we deal with so you learn a great lot about um what different countries value, and also how you need to respond uh, in the most adequate way. So one of the lucky things I think with Irish in general is that they enjoy the sense of humor and they always have the look of the, look of the Irish as they refer to. So it's always very well welcomed when you're in the likes of the States or the Middle East. Um, I find that's been a great benefit. Also as well, I find working on different projects and on different cultures across the world, it teaches you a great lot about um, the community and what's what's really valued in certain areas. Um, you take the Scandinavia region, it's completely different to the likes of the States, where they like to do everything big. And then obviously go to the Middle East, the likes of Dubai, etc., where they want to go bigger again. Where their analogy is, build it and they will come. And I suppose in general, Ireland's starting to do that as well now with the, some of the biggest brands in the world now coming into the country. They set up shop. Um, and we're very much turning the country now where we're building it and they will come and we're bringing the foreign investment into the country. So I can definitely see how the strategies has helped uh, with us going forward in, in our our only island.
0: <laughs> so how many people are actually in the sales team that you manage? Um, and could you give us some tips on how to be a strong sales leader?
1: Interesting. So... Uh, our team's always growing. It's always expanding. We're always looking to get the best out of our team. So currently, we have twelve in my distinct region. Um, there's five uh, external area sales managers, and then you have seven internal. Um, I think the answer to the question, "What makes a strong leader?" is is really it's it's what makes a strong communicator, and it's really understanding the strengths and weaknesses of your of your team. Um, we know ourselves. We're only as strong as our weakest link. And it's been able to put on the resources and also, the, the I suppose, the, 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 the vision to, to allow them to believe that they can achieve things that may not be achievable um, in their own demeanor. So I think a strong leader is always someone that leads the way and has that ultimate belief that uh, we're going down the right path. We, we have this analogy that we're on a bus journey together. We're all on the bus together. We all have our own individual steering wheel. Um, Part of my role is to make sure that we're guiding ourselves down the right paths and the right roads, but it's back to one of the strategies that some of the leading companies in the world use is thought leadership, where we actually get our team to actually start thinking with their own, their own individual leaders. So it's creating more leaders within, within your own team. And when you can really do that, um, one of the best examples is Jeff Bezos owns Amazon. Like he's, same amount of virus as I do or you do and how he achieves the results he does is because he creates many leaders amongst many leaders amongst many leaders and this is how we grow as people and as teams and as companies and it really is the people that grows the business um, and if you can build the people then you can build the business.
0: Can you briefly explain the sales model uh, used at Profast? Has it has it changed much due to COVID Such because of virtual selling?
1: Very much so. Um, our typical route to market, as you can imagine, being a distributor is very much working closely with our customers. That requires calling with them in person. And as you can imagine, during COVID, it's the first and I think a lot of people's time where they couldn't actually physically call with someone. Um, fortunate for us though, we actually started in a lot of uh transitioning in the earlier years um to become more like an IT-based company where we were starting to utilize the likes of teams, meeting as a team amongst ourselves but also learning the, how we can utilize technology to communicate with our customers. This is all back to the simple thing of adapting. It's the strongest leaders and the strongest business in the world actually learn how to adapt to the situation. And we, 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 we definitely have done that over the last year. We've now completely kind of went to a hybrid role where we're still doing a lot of face-to-face calls because that's very important. They build a human connection. But we also are utilising the Teams element where we can have, which normally was a trip on a plane over to the UK and back again. And several days later, we got back. You can do it now within a one-hour period. So we're definitely working smarter and utilising our time more, which greatly helps. Um, I would say as well that the likes of virtual selling has became a big part of everybody's life. And we're working towards now our own developments of that between launching our own app and our own website utilization. So, um, yeah, we're very much future thinking at the current time.
0: Great. And how has data been used at Profast to manage and improve that sales model?
1: Data is very important because, again, if you're not reviewing your performance, how do you actually know how you're performing? Um, Especially as sales individuals, including myself, we all think we're, 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 we're doing a fantastic job and, and we have that positive outlook as individuals. However, if we're not continuously involving ourselves and reminding ourselves and being visible of our, of our strengths and weaknesses, then we can improve as individuals. So one of the biggest things I've made over the last year is that everybody's visible of how everybody's doing so that we can motivate each other, which is the first thing and we can learn from each other. But second of all, then that we can identify areas that we can improve on. Um, and data does that, data allows you to be able to uh, identify where extra resources and support is required.
0: Great, so um, talking about focus um, specifically, can you tell me about some of the recent dashboards that you've created with your data um, and how your sales reps are responding to the live performance data? Has Has it actually created some healthy competition?
1: It has. Um, one of the biggest things that we find, April, especially in our industry, is that there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of software out there. There's a lot of information that we can uh, overindulge ourselves on, on a daily basis. And one of the things that I spoke with, and I do highly recommend Jonathan Notman, I think it is. Um, Yeah, is. Yeah. He's been a fantastic asset to both Focus and also to ourselves. And How we've really utilized Focus and created these dashboards now is because we've actually built a relationship ourselves between myself and Jonathan. But that's allowed me then to turn our own sales individual, our own sales staff, and do their almost a sales rep for Focus. And I think that's the only way we can really adopt a new software. We have to truly believe that it's going to work to our benefit. Otherwise, it's just going to be another software that's on our system that we know we have access to, but we don't use. Dashboards is a fantastic way because it's constantly in our face. It's there. We see it. We're looking at it on a daily basis and it doesn't, it's, it's, it's accurate figures. So some of the dashboards we've created is in terms of how everybody's performing, um, but also what's in pipelines, because I think it's very important that we're constantly thinking ahead and we're not just reacting to now, because as soon as we stop thinking ahead, we get complacent and, Back to, again, our bus journey, if we don't have visibility of where the roadblocks and the potholes and all the other stuff is coming ahead down the road, we could find ourselves getting lost. And I think we've all done this. We're using Google Maps in general. We've just trusted that the road is going to take us to our destination. So what we've decided to do is to be completely analytical with the whole process and just be give ourselves the best opportunity to make sure that we get it right.
0: Okay, so what's, what's your favorite thing about the dashboards?
1: The simplicity. So one of the reasons I utilized focus in comparison to the others was we, we first were customers we focused for a long period of time, but like most softwares, we weren't actually utilizing it to its full potential because we probably didn't beat ourselves into it. So one of the first things that I wanted to do with Jonathan was I wanted to actually know the software probably as much as he did or know it more. And that's back to, again, the engineer mindset. I need to actually know what this is actually doing and how it's working. And if, as soon as it clicks with myself, then it's the deal done. And it's probably one of the reasons why we're speaking today. It's it's the only way we become fans. of our, If you can turn a customer into a Raven fan, you've done a fantastic job. And how we do that is, is from a dashboard point of view is um, it's keeping data simple. So guys can see, the team can see how they're performing. They can see what they need to improve on. Um, And it really does simplify the complex spreadsheets and information that we could present it with from other ERP or CRM systems and compile it on the one just dashboard, almost like you think on your mobile phone now, where you have the simplest apps with the least amount of clicks and the least amount of noise. They're generally the apps that we use the most of. um, And that's generally why focus is working well for us it's simple
0: great I understand from Jonathan that you've um you've taken up an interesting project where you're bringing all of your quotes and the data analytics platform and analyzing conversion rates lost quotes and the reasons for losing quotes um what has that told you about your data um what have you learned from it and are there any patterns that have come out
1: there's definitely patterns we find from it um I think again it's we're, we're always great at identifying our strengths. We're maybe not as good as identifying our weaknesses and what we need to improve on. The dashboards and the data definitely helps make that very real and very black and white. It does two things. It allows us to become a more effective and efficient company and also a more an effective and efficient solutions provider to your customers. So if we lose out on something because of delivery or whatever it may be, we can then actually action that and on that. We're so particular now about going come back. We can't achieve achieve all the business as much as we would love to, but it's important that we learn from it. And if we don't learn from it, then we can't grow as individuals. We can't grow as a team. So I use the analogy that there's no stone left unturned, where it basically means that everything gets reviewed and there's a reason for everything. Because if that's the case, then we're giving ourselves the best chance to provide the best service, to provide the best quality product, to provide the best deal. Because at the end of the day, that's what a lot of people are looking for, the most value that we can add. And uh, the only way we can do that is, again, strengthening our weaknesses, because we're only as good as our weakest link.
0: Yeah, and truly understanding everything that's gone on, so you know how how to change and build. That's great. Um, I mean, everyone in distribution and manufacturing, retail at the moment is talking about the challenges that they have with their supply chain. I read a statistic recently that 40% of Irish companies uh, are now reporting longer lead times. Perhaps um, a good place to start is to explain how, from your perspective, Ireland has had that double whammy of Brexit and COVID um, affecting the supply chain. Um, Could you tell us your personal experience of that?
1: Yeah, it's definitely the last year. I think a lot of people that's present in Ireland would have been talking about Brexit for a long period of time. And then COVID stole its, uh, its glory. And it came into play. I think from 2021's perspective, we've obviously supply and demand issues have, have been the biggest thing. When you stop production across the world and then you start it up again, there's going to be that backlog that everybody is going to try and fulfil. I think the number one thing that we've done again from the very start is adapting and adapting with the current situation so in order for us to make sure that we can fulfill the orders within that the more higher lead times now or sorry shorter lead times but higher demand it's really understand our customers better than they understand themselves and really what we started doing is actually embedding ourselves into the customer's life what projects are they on what are they working towards and what are they coming up and what that really does is it makes us proactive sales uh, individuals where we then can start to actually be a consultative seal, or we can actually be an asset to them rather than just a transaction. If we're here just to take orders day in, day out, we're reacting to the current market. Whereas if we be proactive, we're actually running alongside the market. Um, we're not going to fulfill every order. We're not going to fulfill every demand, but it's picking our battles. and. Uh, from st- ships getting stuck in canals to Brexit issues to um, obviously COVID complications. We actually feel that we've set ourselves up fairly well because we're based across the island. We have a branch in Belfast and we have a branch in Dublin. So we can utilize our services um, quite well. We also have a, a sister company in the UK. Um, but again, we're always developing ourselves and definitely supply chain as well as uh, demand expectations is something that we have greatly uh, uh, made a priority this year and the same last year. um, And ensuring that uh, the pipe flow and cash flow of everything is working the way it should be.
0: Yeah, so that's quite a change really to go from um, being able to be quite reactive to embedding yourself in a company and being with them to understand when they're going to need the next order. And I guess secure that order much earlier than you would have done, secure that, that deal, that investment.
1: Some of the best uh, business individuals that I know of are always two steps ahead of the customer, where they almost know how it's going to go. Um, I keep referring back to Jeff Bezos, but Amazon is a typical example of that, where they have built a product that was way above its time and is now utilizing everything. And it just so happened that happened that everybody couldn't shop anymore and they had to shop online. And that is really being the futuristic thinking. So we're, we're doing the exact same thing. Like when people look for nothing both, they normally look for it at last minute when they're panicking. Um, and what we want to try and do is be at the forefront of that um, where we're walking beside them. And as soon as they're ready to think about ordering that, we already have the list complete compiled for them and the product almost packaged, waiting for their go-ahead. And all of a sudden, now you become a value to a customer rather than just a transaction. Um, and that's that's communication is the fundamental key in this between our suppliers, between our team, between our customers, and then between basically everybody else that comes under that, that cog. Um, there's a lot of moving parts in business. There's a lot of moving parts in teams. The most effective. Uh, Communication is keeping things simple but frequent, Um, and that's something that we have definitely taken on board over the last year.
0: Okay, well, in in your your evolution in the business and your change from being more reactionary to proactive, how has data helped you manage the inventory challenges, Um, and are there any particular metrics that you found most insightful?
1: Yeah, it's funny because we actually have only started frequently adopting the uh, supply stroke purchasing modules within Focus. We always use Focus as a sales tool or a sales analyst tool. But again, Jonathan showed me the light towards how it can actually impact the business on a more commercial level from financial data to purchasing data to actually inventory management. And... uh, One of the best things, again, from a sales perspective is to really understand in black and white what stock they have and completely be transparent of the cycle of how that goes through. And that's definitely something that's helped us as a team and as a business, because sometimes whenever there's multiple departments playing their role, not everybody understands where everything is in that cycle. And it's back to, again, communication. The useful thing about Focus is that it can actually give you that information and that data as well. So we can start to see a lot more accurately um, the expectations of deliveries, the expectations of uh, certain product ranges that's coming in at certain times. So again, we can start to plan well in advance with those customers that, listen, we have X coming in now next week. By any chance, do you need that? Because I know you're working on such and such project. And I know you probably do need it. So again, it's back to being proactive rather than reactive whenever the thing comes into the warehouse, you're then reacting to the situation. So we like to be at least three to six months, if not longer, ahead of the curve. Um, And I suppose during COVID times, with us adapting that strategy, it helped us react as soon as the world shut down, almost within those few days. um, We had the, the foundation and practice already in place for that day to happen, and fortunately it worked okay.
0: Right. Well, I mean, obviously, you're, you're fantastically uh, uh, enthusiastic about focus and the way it's helped and that that gives us all a little warm glow. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, one other thing that Jonathan actually told me about, he said, oh, you're going to love St- Stephen. He's really enthusiastic. He, he loves his, uh, he loves his uh, insightful knowledge from the, the Internet, his podcasts, his books, his um, new thinking sales um techniques so let's get a little bit of out, out of you for that um, <laughs> so 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 what are the books podcasts and and industry leaders that you're 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 into right now
1: yeah i suppose it's i've i've done the academia where i've uh multiple degrees now with engineering and business but one of the best things that's helped me in terms of um an individual leader, I guess, or whatever way you want to call it is, is my personal development aspect. So a lot of people, the likes of Tony Robbins, um, the likes of Grant Cardone as Wayne well Seals, to even Steve Peters, who's a psychologist for sports teams throughout the UK. Um, it's greatly helped in terms of understanding the mindset. I think that's key really. Um, and it's, it's shown it through COVID whenever things are going great, it's great because everything's working. It's really whenever things become challenging, that's when really our uh, aspirations and inspirations comes into play. Um, and it's really around energy. Like I, I believe everything in life is to do with energy. The, the more energy you sometimes have, the more solutions driven you can, you can be. And I do believe there's no such thing as problems. It's really about how we look for solutions. And there's always challenges that we all face, um, but it's training our brains to see the, the light. Um, and that really comes into play whenever there is challenging times. And uh, I think over the last six years now, I've trained across the states in America with the likes of Anthony Robbins. Don't know if people, I'm sure people listen to this is on the any personal level know who he is. Um, and being in the same environment in the room with these leaders that's CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, through the likes of Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos and others of the that demeanor. And you're like a sponge. You learn from people that you surround yourself with. Um, but also as well, your customers. I think if you can always get in their mindset where you always are learning every single day um, and there's always something to learn from someone, then you always will grow and you will actually help others grow as well. Um, so the best way we can lead is by our own example. And that's what's something that gets me up every day to become a better version. Um, and I guess that comes from just uh habits that we do day on day out
0: yeah really positive habits there Put, putting most of us to shame actually i think uh, with, uh, the positive <laughs> mindset <laughs> um so my, my my final question here um if you could go back and give advice to your younger self what would you tell him
1: it's always a question that's i think a lot of people are thrown by but I don't really believe in age. It is a number when most people say, and whenever I look back even 10 years now from now and 10 years ahead of my life, what would I say differently? And um, I always just believe in energy. I believe in energy, but I also believe in maturity and experience in life will teach us that. Um, I'll always tell a younger self to educate themselves, learn about the problem, find a solution, and then grow from it. So if I was to tell my younger self, it's just to keep educating myself about whether it's in uh, personal development aspects or whatever, we, get, we go through school, we get taught all the techniques and all the theory, but it's really until we start actually discovering our, ourselves is really where we can actually start to catapult ourselves to understanding others. Um, I always use the analogy that if we don't understand the situation, or what the customer is trying to communicate to us. We don't know the customer well enough. So it's up to us to get to know them better. And for them, they also get to know us better. Um, I can ring Johnny, for example, now uh, almost on speed dial, and I sometimes would communicate probably the others, which is gobbledygook, but he knows exactly what I refer to. And that is exactly the, the type of effective leadership and, and communication that everybody aspires to have where someone almost gets what you're trying to say, but you don't actually know how to put it out in words. Always believe in yourself. Never give up. Like always believe that you can achieve anything that you can. Like the only the only roadblock that you have is always going to start with your internal dialogue, which is what you say in your and to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I've had a few experiences personally over the last several years. that's taught me that, and also gave me uh, priceless uh, experiences to get through to, to prove to myself that that does work. But that has greatly helped me as well. and be uh, maybe a light to others to help them guide through uh, any challenging times that we may face as a team but also together I'm very passionate about that as a team that we're all on this together even though in sales it's competitive nature and we like to keep it fun but at the end of the day we're all on this bus together and if um, so we get a flat tire or the the, the the bus breaks down we're all off the bus and we're all out fixing it and we're all back on again so Again, it's very important that we're all on the same mission. I think that's one thing in life that leadership feels down on is communication. If we're not communicating where we're going, how does anybody else be motivated, enthusiastic, or start thinking where we're going? So it's very important that we set a destination and an ambition, and then we set a guideline of how we're going to achieve it. And we've done that this year, to be fair to the, to the team, and they absolutely everybody. like Sales is a starting point, The a cycle but there's a lot of people in the background that are the, the, the foundation and the backbone to, to the success of the company. And that really is then run down throughout the whole cycle of it all. So it's, none of it would be possible if everybody didn't pull their, their pennies worth. And, and that has to be recognized that not, it's, it's about nobody individually, it's about the team. And if you can get a team working together greatly, then you can achieve anything
0: that's fantastic I think I think I'd like to add one more question for you if that's all right and that is what what are you looking forward to in 2022?
1: 2022 I'm looking for um, I'm looking for new challenges I think one of the things that most people hate is is the uncertainty Um, I've started to train myself and also my mindset to realize that we can't go through life thinking that everything's going to be nice and easy. Um, we're always going to have challenges. I always say to our guys, go and find more no's than yeses because the more no's we get, the more closer we're going to be to a yes. And I think that's going to be what 2022 is going to be. We're going to have more challenges. We're going to have more, something that we haven't came across. We thought last year with COVID that that was the biggest challenge we we're going to face. This year then we had logistical problems with Brexit, bringing stuff in and out of the country, commodity codes, you name it, and we got through that. I think next year we'll present another new challenge, but it's how we react um, and how we get through it, and how we do that is building a strong foundation. I'm very big in this in the sense that we can't go up to the next level with a weak foundation, um, and that makes that that's that's in the preparation. So. 2022, we're ready, preparing now. We've we're doing a lot of work with the team, and we will be as in terms of a review of this year in preparation for next year. Um, and we also like to keep it fun. Um, I think that's the key. to life is that if we can make it a an enjoyable journey and a bit of fun, the more we're going to be creative and innovative. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to 2022. No doubt, it's going to present uh, another roller coaster. But uh, we'll try our best. We'll we'll be there and we'll be prepared and we'll, we'll adapt. Um, we're looking forward to growing as well. Like the company itself, has smashed various records this year. Um, and we're at a pinnacle point now where the company is now becoming a different type of company as we grow, and that's good. Problems they have regards um onboarding uh, new team members and also um. Uh, building our existing team uh, and strengthening that even more one of the things that i would always say in business is like we have so many other softwares that we utilize and there's some software companies that have lost the lost the fundamental skill that every business needs and that's that's solving the smallest problems like we went and asked for things that's so simple maybe to a, a company but it's been massive to us and I'll always appreciate that from Johnny. There's times that I've rang him, and it could be it could be in another meeting or whatever, or it could be six or seven o'clock in the evening, and he's took my call, or he's replied, or he's done something. And that's the little things. That's the little things that that that's that that we strive to do as well as a company. There's customers rang us, and unsociable hours and sociable times, and we pull them out of the hole. And I think in COVID as well, that that's proved pinnacle for a lot of companies. It's the customer and also supplier relationship over the years that has seen them through the strength now um those that maybe didn't work in that that lot maybe struggled with supply and also the customer expectation um and that's that's been fundamental for us um i'm always a big believer in relationships and partnerships rather than a transaction it's always amazes me when i'm coming on the phone like i said and Johnny, I think we could do this. What do you think? Can we do it? And he almost has it done before I've finished the conversation. <laughs> and that's impressive to me because that's, that's someone that knows his work and that's someone that's good at his job. Um, and that pays dividends because that, that's, 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 that's prices. And I'm always enthusiastic, yes, about helping others. I think that's a big thing that if you can always try and add value to someone first, sooner or later, it's going to come back to you. Um, might not be instant, but it will always will in some way so
0: that brings our podcast featuring Stephen Clark to a close thank you for a great discussion there Stephen we hope listeners get value from Stephen's insights we include links to Profast and Focus in the show notes thanks for joining us at the InFocus podcast to find all our podcasts go to www.focussoftware.com and stay up to date with all the new ones as they're released follow us on Focus on LinkedIn, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please feel free to share this In Focus podcast with others.